We are I. All right, it's been a while, and why don't we just open with that shit? Like, okay. explain, like, why? What? Oh, okay, so um, a lot of my background is about abuse. It's about sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. And when you're raised by a psychopath and a man-hater, there's certain things that go along with that. And uh, one of the things is the, the want to be loved and adored. And um, so I had a very touchy relationship with love and touch. So I was either, and there was a lot of sexual abuse in my background. So um, from a man or a woman? All of them. So I had a cousin, a cousin confessed to me, I guess he had come to uh, moments in his life where he was having come to Jesus moments, basically, Mm -hmm. and needed to come clean. He was getting his ass sober. And he confessed to me that when I was a baby, he would come over in my room on my crib and jerk off on my face. What? You heard it. You heard it. And I can kind of giggle about this, but when when you start thinking about it, it's pretty disgusting. So I, I think because it doesn't seem real. Like it, it's one of those things that's so shocking. Yeah. I don't think our first reaction is to accept that that's real. Yeah. And, and when he told me about it, I was completely stunned and I was in my twenties at the time and I was working through a lot of my stuff. So I'm just kind of like, and then what was happening is that I started having all these memories. And of course I grew up in the seventies and it was free for all sex, free love, free sex, drugs, and rock and roll, hallucinogenics, all that kind of stuff, polyamory things. I, I mean, just crazy, crazy shit like that. And I just figured, well, I guess this is just kind of how it is. And uh, when I was growing up, we didn't, I didn't really question it. I wasn't into it, but every relationship I was in, both my marriages, open relationships, uh, they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Not that it was my choice, but I just kind of like fell into it and accepted it that this was just kind of the norm because of the era that I grew up in with, you know, the 60s and 70s and, you know, all of that, sex, drugs and rock and roll. And uh, when I lived in Marin County <laughs> back in the day, I remember being invited to a neighbor's party and they had a fucking trapeze in the middle of their living room that was hanging down from the top floor. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up. 
I was saying so, that's so fucking awesome. I'm like, I want a trapeze in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck a chandelier over It's a table. sex trapeze, though. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I You walk in there. Everybody's in a fucking pile. And, of course, I come from California. So there is a self-proclaimed awakened tantric master on every fucking street corner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it, it's a part of the course. So for me, though... um getting back to what i was uh, endeavoring to share in terms of the uh, the the touchy subject of being touched i was either being punched or slapped or beaten up or groped or yelled at or being put down so you grow up in that and until you have that moment where you, you sort of wake yourself up to the shit show that you're in, you just kind of like go along with it. And I left my body quite a lot. So by the time I had divorced my second husband, which was in the 90s, I was done. I was so, 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 so done. And I'd gone through a period of celibacy with him because I was just really done. This was a person that couldn't make up his mind whether he was gay, bi, or straight. And we were in the middle of an AIDS epidemic. And people can argue the point, there was no such thing, whatever, okay? I worked hospice. I saw the horror of what was going on. So anybody wants to get in my face that it never happened, you know, go away. Because I saw it. And um, you just get to a point where you're just kind of like sick of it. And then you start in on it. You, you want to be in love. You want to have relationships. You want pleasure, you know? So um, for a time, I was with someone and we explored conscious BDSM, which was really super fun and kind of a novelty. But even then, you just kind of like... People are pathetic when you start really seeing their wants and needs kind of get distorted and convoluted in chasing an orgasm or chasing the next next pile of unconscious people that you're going to be skin to skin with. You just get sick of it, you know, and it's not that I'm a prude. I really believe in true love and I I also just in the work that I do with survivors of uh, sex trafficking um, and satanic ritual abuse, you really start seeing the twisted, fucked up dark side of sexuality where uh, that is not good. I mean, it is not it's not pretty. It's not pleasurable. It's based on debasing humanity. It's based on abuse, torture, violence, inflicting sadistic pain onto another human being. And uh, all for what? To set up your own profit margin or to feed off of the uh, fear of another person. I mean, this is some twisted shit that I found myself like really in the middle of, Uh, not just as a practitioner, but also as a woman. And, uh, you know, you juxtapose that inner uh, process 
with what was going on, I, I mean, just in society and pop culture that, you know, women's, uh, the, the feminist, free, free, uh, a free for all for sex. I'm going to fuck whoever I want. <laughs> Go ahead. No one's stopping you. It's not one of my values. And so, um, and then there's an energy signature that I noticed uh, when I was involved in situations that were like really not to my liking, where I was very acutely aware of absorbing other people's energy based on the person that I had just fucked and thinking, why am I feeling this way? Like, I don't know where this is coming from. And I've had, you know, countless men and women tell me the same thing that casual sex they're having all these feelings having all these impressions whether they're psychic whether they're real whether you know you're just picking up on like really bad juju whatever um it's it's not good it's not good and so I started looking at um the sort of relationship that we have regarding the energy of sex the energy of being in love, the energy of sex abuse, and uh, how that impacts our bodies. And um, aside from my my clients and, and my students, but my own personal journey was I just didn't like, I didn't like how it felt, you know? I didn't like that I was going unconscious. And so I've done two rounds of, of celibacy, and, and it's great, you know, it's totally great. And it, it, during those periods, I recorded, I recorded musical albums, I wrote books, I created teachings, I traveled the world. I mean, you, there are other things. And I'm one of those people where I'm not really defined, like my worth isn't defined by who I'm sleeping with. And unfortunately, a lot of men and women are. That's true. You know, true, I yeah. spent a lot of time alone. And, um, you know, I also spent a lot of time raising other people's kids. So I have an appreciation of my alone time where I, I don't want people on top of me. You know, I don't like clingy. I don't, I don't like that whole thing. So for me to, uh, it, it was just like, I didn't even pine about it. It, it never, um, I was never lonely that that I wasn't having sex. In fact, you know, I realized if I want to fuck, there's plenty of people to fuck. You know, it's not like you're without any opportunities. You're not. You're not. That's why I always find it funny that people pay for sex. Like, I understand it <laughs> conceptually. Yes. But it's like, it's like drinking water or air. Like, it's so available all around you. Like, what's the point of paying for it? Like, you know, in the, even like what you talk about from like an ease step, when it's not like it's easier, like, or maybe people just like the sneaky part or the feeling guilty or breaking the law. Like, it's got to be something like that to me, because like the accessibility, especially in today's day and age, yeah. but like, there's very few conservative people compared yeah. to how they were before. It's yeah. easy. Like it, like yeah. sex is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, my purpose of not going there was to really purify myself because I started noticing a very, very deep pattern 
in the kinds of people I was attracting men and women. I I've had, I've had two girlfriends. So and I don't identify as being lesbian. It's like, whatever. I don't identify with it. So if people want to ask me about all that kind of stuff, I just roll my eyes. It's like, I don't ask me about any of the fucking pronouns. Okay. Cause I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> you, just, you, you just love and are attracted to the people that you love and are attracted to. And you have to be conscious about what it is that you're doing, but there was a common theme. And the common theme was, I was the sort of novelty. And, you know, so I have a certain look and that, that was, those were the kinds of people that I was attracting. People who were like into the way I looked, the sort of Eurasian persuasion kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, it, it, it's so distasteful to me. And then really- do you, um, do you think it's, sorry to interrupt you, do you think that it's like a connection with- um like race or culture or geographic origin because like it's no different presume sorry i shouldn't say it's no different it's very similar that if like some guy's like oh that chick's got huge tits i want to go fuck her or it's like some woman's like oh i just love that guy's six pack i just want to go fuck him like there's different there's things we visually see that we're just like i'm gonna go be with that person yeah and we are programmed we are programmed, I, I mean, it's in my book, we're programmed to be sex slaves from the moment we are conceived. And there's a whole variety of it, because when you think about sex, what is it? For most people, it's the substitute for real love. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's been yes. fucked up and hijacked in the matrix. It is the biggest divide and conquer agenda that keeps us apart. Why do you think, though, like, like sex goes to a dark place no matter what century we are in or like what culture you're in or like what context of this planet this earth this energy they're in it always ends up going to a dark place and if you look at porn 10 years ago 15 years ago compared to the shit that's mainstream today like not even going out of your way but like I always say like I talk about this with my friends and clients all the time like you know, moms of boys or, you know, like dads that have boys. And it's like, they're watching porn where like this chick like is getting these like gagging blowjobs and, she, and she's just like choking and spitting and throwing up like all of this guy's dick yeah. and shit. And it's like, when they want, like, why is that normal now? Like, yeah, well, like, you know, it's a, it really is a depraved society. And for me, I want none of it. I want none of it. I mean, I've had these experiences and I haven't been with that many people. But some of the really fucked up experiences that I have, I'm just like going, okay, all right, that's enough. That's enough. And it it gets to like the edge. Now, uh, I'm not defending anything and I'm not poo-pooing anything. It's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What's right for me is wrong for er- anybody else, whatever. But in my explorations of, say, like taking it to the edge, and when I say taking it to the edge, um, there are uh, sacred tantric practices where you go into situations that are pretty dark and you do them with an awareness where you're awake. And you are like really testing out the sort of edges of your perception, the edges of, you know, what gets you off, what turns, 
or the stuff that repulses you and turns you on and you go there, but it has to be done with consciousness and it has to be done with folks where there is a lot of trust. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of the man that I was with um, where we explored a lot of very interesting things. And uh, he was basically a really, really good person. But as I got to know him, um, and we were in a relationship together, it, I just started noticing this very dark seed of hatred toward women. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't blatant, but as we got to know each other, and it was, of course, a, a little over a year, I started noticing, you know what? He's going to take this to the edge. And, and that's what he was doing with me, is that it, it, we were going further and further and further into this really fucked up place. And I was going along with it, and then I snapped. There, there was a, a poignant moment where, and we had a safe word, and it was going way, way, way too far. There was a handgun that was involved in this. And, um, and that was crazy. What? <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh and that was God. it. That was it. It's like, okay, <laughs> you, it's over. It's over, you know? And this is the thing wow. is that I was, and I was in my thirties at that, at that point just taking it to the edge and taking it to the edge. And I just woke up and I just said, you know what? I'm fucking done with this shit. I don't want to be treated like this. I don't need to go there. All right. I, you know, tried it out, been there, done that. I'm done. I want true love. I want to be monogamous. This is my thing. I'm into monogamy. You want to fuck your brains out and fuck everybody that walks. Go for it. Go for it. But there are consequences. So you're sacrificing depth for variety. I want depth. And um, in, in what I teach in terms of, you know, conscious sexuality, conscious man, conscious woman, if you are going to be sexual with someone and they are unconscious, you are going to have that unconsciousness dumped into your body. And, you know, and that is, I mean, it's, it's definitive. There's a reason why there are lots of cancers, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, vaginal cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, on and on, cervical cancer, throat cancer. I mean, the epithelial cells in the back of a woman's throat are the same cells at the top of the, the vagina by the cervix. How is that? Yeah, I mean, no you can't yeah. make this up. So whether, you know, and, and it, it's just uh, the process that I've gone through in these two bouts were so powerful for me. How long were they? One was seven years and one was nine years. God damn, that's a long yeah. ass time. Yeah. Well, it, it, it <clears throat> seems that way. It seems that way. But in in the scheme of things, just in terms of, you know, I'm a very busy person. I am very focused in my work and very focused in, in my creativity. And 
sexuality is associated with the second chakra. And mm-hmm. second chakra is all about creativity. It's also about being in the body, being in the senses. It's about sensuality. Sensuality and sexuality are like two different things. They're not the same thing. It's also about abundance and prosperity. So a, a lot of, it, it just seems to me that uh, folks who are like really kind of avoidant of like really looking at the possibility of just taking a break so that you know what you're up to and you know what you're not up to. You know, I've had enough. It's like I um my last bout, it's like if the person's not conscious, man or woman, whatever, I'd rather be on my own. And if that means I never have sex again for the rest of my life, so be it. You know, I'm okay with that. I, I like so- myself. Where did you meet the guy that you had sex with when you came out of this round of celibacy? Because uh, you posted about it. Like, that's, oh, I yeah, guess, like, yeah, how yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. topic of yeah. conversation so, um, came up in the first place. Well, well, it, it, it's it's funny because we've always been in each other's sphere throughout. We didn't know each other. And it was a, a so-called uh, mutual friend who unwittingly just kind of put us in front of each other. And it was a very, it was very slow, very, very, very slow. You know, I'm a skeptic. So it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm going to get to know someone. I'm not the kind of person that's going to like, it's, it's on and let's go. No, no, it's just not, it's just not that way. And uh, so we we just celebrated a year together. So that's awesome. Like, you guys have yeah. been together for a year already? Yeah, it's been a year. So you guys must have met right after, well, not right. right after, but like generally after we talked last. Yeah, well, we had known each other for about six months at, at the point, but we hadn't gotten together together per se. You know, yeah. we were we were friends. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so worth the wait, worth the wait. And, and this is about, be you, allowing yourself to materialize ma- magnetize yourself a high level high quality person and, and understand you know, intent right i think like that's the absolutely. that's the big thing is like understand intent of like what does this mean where's this going and like what what kind of time because i think that's the one thing with like relationships right it's just like if I invest this time, like what actually is my return? My return is this, this image or this theory I have in my mind, but that doesn't mean that that's what you have in your mind or yes. what this is going to be. And it's such a gamble because you don't know, like there's just, there's so much time in life that needs to go by before you have any idea how close this these two people are going to be versus just what your singular concept of what a relationship is. Right. Right. And and you have to be clear with that, which is why I recommend to everybody, you have to be on your own. You have to be able to face yourself, face your longing, face your pining, face feeling insecure because, Oh, I don't have anybody. Nobody wants to fuck me. It's like fucking for real. Stop. Stop. And I hear women lament about this, you know? And so it's like, you got to excavate all of your little wants and needs and your little habits and your little addictions 
And you've got to check yourself. And men have to do this too, because men are just as insecure. And uh, I've, I used to lead a men's group and they were all going through this sort of detox thing. And, uh, and it's funny because I did not start this group. I took it over because the person that was leading the group uh, decided that he didn't want to do it. And he, he was a man. So I stepped in because I was the only one available for the time slot. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. So we had a, uh, we had an agreement and they were all trying to get off porn and all that kind of stuff uh, that if, if they don't you think that's like sticking like an alcoholic in a liquor store saying, let's figure out how like we're going to get past this alcohol addiction. Well, well, so there was an accountability thing. So what we did was we set up uh, a cookie jar. (laughs) (laughs) And if anybody slipped up and watched porn and it was high stakes. So uh, 20 bucks in, in the thing. And no one was supposed to, I didn't get to look at it, you know, and, and I think we had maybe, I don't know, I I think it was like half a year or something like that. It was pretty intense because a lot of these men, what I, what I remember about the commonality is that they were feeling, they were feeling um, discarded, neglected, unappreciated, um, their lives and most of them were married and had with children and uh, some were working, some weren't, but it, it was mostly this feeling of feeling emasculated by the world. And so, or feeling overwhelmed by the world where you felt helpless. Even the guys that were, were like making multiple six figures were feeling the same way that they were not appreciated. And the way they would default is by buying their significant others, a bunch of shit, you know, because money and buying shit is a substitute for a penis that could go all night, you know? And so a lot of these guys were like over 30 in their forties and fifties. And so they were trying to like figure out how to please their their women when they couldn't perform, but they also wanted to get their rocks off. So the whole thing with porn was like the substitute. It was a way for them to de-stress, <laughs> de-stress from feeling overwhelmed by the world or feeling emasculated. Okay. Hmm. So, so, I mean, you were talking about paying for sex. I mean, that's why some of these guys were like into f- paying for sex because it made them feel powerful. They can afford it and they can demand whatever trick, whatever sexual thing they wanted, they could demand it and get it without question. You know, it's not going to be a chore. And then it's just like incredibly selfish too, right? Like, like I think that's kind of like what you're getting at where it just, it becomes all about a person and whatever that person wants, you know, like, and and it can be something super lame. Like I just want to be snuggled on the couch till I fall asleep or, you know, like it could be like the most horrific, crazy shit with guns and swings and trapeze act, but it's just more (laughs) like that. Like I just want like whatever I want, right. Uh You know, and it's just getting exactly what you want when you want it. They said no questions asked and just moving on to 
you know, got to go grocery shopping next. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. Or go grocery shopping and then, and then have this, have this, yeah. whatever, whatever. So you mentioned something very interesting because in over the whole of my life, I was always working or I was raising other people's children and working. So I was a busy person, you know, and then you have your own business and you're traveling a lot. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of time. And so one of the, one of the precious things that I've experienced over the last year that I've never experienced with anyone ever is the whole thing of spooning on the couch <laughs> and watching a movie. Yeah. I have never done that with my significant other ever until, until this person, this lovely man. And it is like, and, and you get love bombed with love hormones. Mm-hmm. So this, this feeling of like relaxation and feeling safe and feeling loved and held and, and nourished and, uh, I, I mean, the sweetness that gushes, it's like, it's unbelievable. And I, I find it just fascinating that here I am, you know, I, and we're both in our 60s. So it's like, what? Like, what? What's happening here? But isn't that, isn't that going to show you, though, that like at any point in time in your life, no matter how old we may be or, you know, like what experience we have or like what's going on, that there's always that opportunity for something really great to happen. Yes, yes, yes. And it it's sweet. It's sweet. And uh, I, I'm just like, I, I just am blessed. I'm blessed. I don't know what else to what say. What a huge change for you, though. Like, very, you know, to have like that contrast, so. right? Very much so. Because, um, you know, and uh, the funny thing is, is that this this man is retired. And of course... I, one of my patterns was I was uh, attracting. So there was a, there was a, 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 this divergent pathway of what I was attracting. I was either attracting these really bossy gazillionaires who were just dismissive of anything that I was doing and, and just wanting to boss me around and wanting to be me to be subservient to them and completely uninterested in, in anything that I'm about, or there are these guys, you know, it's the soy boy types that, you know, don't have their shit together. They don't have jobs or they're sex addicts or whatever, you know, and I should be fucking grateful because they're just so fine. It's like, uh, no, but I was doing all the work. Okay. So it, it was, and at that point, you're just like, fuck this. I, I'd rather be alone. Mm. I don't want to raise a man. I don't want to raise a man. And, and you don't want to, and, and when you raise men, here was the thing is that and I, some of my, some of my women friends and some of my women clients, oh my God, the way they, the way they dish and describe this because, and it's not to get down on men. It's to get down on the men who are fucking loser assholes. This is not about men being bad. This is about loser asshole men who are bad. And they're loser asshole women who do the same fucking thing where they're just not interested. They're not interested in love. They're interested in being served 
and how they can get a free ride. But why is that so much more acceptable? You know what I mean? Like everybody knows what a gold digger is. And that's all you're really describing is like yeah, some, yeah. you know, allegedly. And I always find that right part is like most of these women aren't even good looking. They're like that super fake lips done, big boobs, tiny waist. Just because like what's the epitome of like gross to me? Like I'm not attracted to that woman. Al, but just, she's with like this 80 year old guy that has fucking cobwebs and dust all over his dick. <laughs> but she just is like has this you know, like Visa Black or Amex Black part that she just gets spin, but but like it's so socially acceptable. Yeah, and when yeah. other people see that guy walking, well, it's into a that very room, like, low, it's a very low vibrational relationship. And uh, on my YouTube channel, I'm doing a 13 part series on relationships, the the four levels of relationship from unconscious to conscious. And so that level one and level two, level two relationship of role playing, you know, the the bimbo with with the, you know, the hot executive or the guy that has tons of money, whatever, you know, and it's like, I just roll my eyes, because I see this stuff. And it's ridiculous. And they're all, they're both playing a role. And as long as you play your part, everything is sort of hunky-dory, but it really isn't. But isn't that the perfect window, sorry, isn't that the perfect window, though, to see, like, how, like, mentally and emotionally corrupt, like, our world is, where, like, that's the window. Like, yes. that's, like, the, like, the, it's almost like a yes. window of what success means. Like, I'm this guy, I got this role or I make this money or I own this company now I got this fake ass chick with me and it's like my life's complete you know but it's like exactly it, how it's role playing it it's role playing and this is the it's the delusion and then on the third level it's the snarling truth well I did the dishes last week you're doing them this week and it's like and that's kind of like part of the, the the sort of new age bullshit version of relationships where everybody gets to be whatever they want, how they want it. And it's all about negotiation. And the main thing about the third level is that there's a back door. You don't like it. Guess what? You can get the fuck out and leave. See, it's and like, like this. And it's like what you're so describing, yeah, yeah. And what you're describing too is like I think is one of the biggest voids that like we have as people, like as collective communities, especially you see it in relationships. Now, there's actually no need to be with somebody. You've described that, you know, where it's like yeah. we don't have a need. Like a hundred years ago, there was an absolute need to be with another human being just to yeah. be able to survive and like live a life, like and yes. and make a life with somebody. But now, like. You know, you don't need it. You see it like with like women be like, oh, I want to be a strong, independent woman. It's like, that's fine. That's like, that's great. But it's also adding another brick in the wall of being like, we don't need anybody. And like yeah. projecting yeah. that image. Oh, like, but like, like human beings, we do need each other. Like I need people in my life. And you know, like I me need too. a community me, of people around my life. And like, we're, we are designed to be that way. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be the one that like, you know, goes out and, gets the firewood and brings it back to the tribe. And somebody else is supposed to be the one that like watches it. Like we all had our part. And that's why they say people in third world countries typically are a lot happier than what we are in Western cultures. Cause everybody has a role in a family. Everybody has right. a role in a community right. and that's your purpose every day. And everybody relies on it and it makes right. the whole unit more successful. And yeah. we used to be like that in relationships that we're not anymore because everybody's like, fuck this. I can do it on my own. And you can, it's like hire a nanny. You have, 
like women who yeah. want to have children on their own now and like not even have it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we've, we've kind of excluded the thought process and the connection with like the feeling like we need people in our life. And like I said, this goes so far past relationships and sex and everything is, it's just the need that we have and we have great fulfillment. It's like when they even say what it does to us when we get a hug from somebody, when it just lasts that extra little yeah. bit, you know, you get past like that. Yeah. No, 10 or 15 and, and I'm seconds. a hugger. I'm a hugger. So the whole, like the whole thing with this seven noings and shit show, you know? Yeah. I'm hugging everybody. I don't care. You know? Well, <laughs> and those are the things. So it, it, like, that's really what we talked or been a big topic of discussion. Right? It's like, what is this all doing to us with all this COVID bullshit? And when it built, it's such a massive disconnect in a lot of, yeah. a lot of people are already socially awkward. Yeah. And now you it, take that it, social it, awkwardness it, and it's it, like, it, it's it okay. Murder. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's okay. And it's, you know, now there's this like, these rollbacks and all these restrictions and it's like now like there's these programs like well whenever you're ready it's like no like you need to just cut that shit the fuck off because i'm like if you nurture this shit with like people not being comfortable getting back to a part of like real life yeah like people are just gonna be more emotionally disenfranchised because people a lot of people just want to isolate but not in a good way not in a i want to isolate myself to be reflective and understand who I am and what my role yeah, in yeah. my own life is. And that's, that's the purposeful hermitage. Yeah. That's what and I, I love that. And that's yeah. why I go into the backcountry all the time. I love being in the mountains alone because it's like, I get to sift through all the bullshit files in my mind. And I actually get to the ones that mean something. It's just like all of this life around us now creates all this stupid right. spam in my mind and in my heart and like who I am. And I'm like, and I go there and I'm just like, it's my way of just putting it all in like the junk folder and then just hitting delete on that shit exactly. because then I actually Hit get to delete. understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important, but a lot of people do not want to go there. See, and why don't we though? See, and, and do you think that like, we just look at that like now because we're at more of like this, this apex of having to make a decision. Do you, do you get more mindlessly into this system? Or do you start to come out of it? You see a lot of people exiting kind of like the quote unquote system, like the typical American life where, you know, you have people doing things on their own, pretty more like businesses, you know, like a lot more like artisan works. I want to build furniture. I want to make craft beer. I want to make t-shirts. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah, like something yeah. they can hold on to like with their yeah. own hands. Like, and to me, and I think more power to that because absolutely. that is the whole point of getting out of the matrix is realizing you don't have to be a cog in the wheel. You, you don't have to do what everybody else is fucking doing. All the little muggles and all that kind of shit. So I like the renaissance of humanity just in terms of the, just the, the creative onslaught that's like happening where people are just, and they're having to do it out of necessity because so many people got gutted financially. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And I like, did. I literally woke up it. one day because of my government and the decisions that they've made in a lot of other governments around the world and states and provinces, they just completely changed the scope of my life professionally. Something I've been working on almost 20 years to be able to create was just, yeah. like you said, in snap of a fingers, just gone by no decision of my own, which was really weird because you just, you're left in this area of life being like, huh, well, that's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. is like you really realize how volatile life is 
And then you realize you're just like, okay, well, is that where we're at now where like, I feel like I have control over my life, but I actually Mm -hmm. really don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, living in the world that we live in today, you know, like, and again, like that's why, why I love to be able to exit all of this and go back. It's like, if my fire's dying down, I have to get more wood. I get more wood. My fire is better. Life is good. You know, like there's just, I love the simplicity of that. And like the immediate reward structure that you get from it as a person, because I think it taps into all those reasons why people are, you know, making this big fundamental shift now. And it's so nice to see, because every time I hear, or I see like another little business pop up, or I see another artisan shop or another farmer's market or another something that seems really wholesome, like that person's done some reflecting. That person has gone on, they understand, they've sifted through all the bullshit files they deleted the junk and they're just like, this is yeah. who I want to be. It's a this conscious, they're doing, they're living consciously. They're living on their own terms, which is so important because most people are just kind of la, 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 believing everything that they see on CNN. I mean, I can't believe people are still watching that crap. It's like, stop it. God. Yeah. Well, and even like <laughs> what we're going through. away is- from the vehicle, you know, it's like, move along, move along. Yeah. And even like what we're going through in Canada right now. And like, that's like why I've chose not to participate in this whole Canada day birthday celebration thing. It's like our federal government, like using our tax dollars fundamentally like hired the Catholic church to build these residential schools. And now they're finding hundreds of dead bodies of these children in the backyards and playgrounds where these other kids are fighting. fucking gross it's so fucking gross and i always say like to me i'm like how what would it what would the sikh community feel if i went and you know or if i was a government or an institution like the catholic church and i said i'm gonna beat the sikh out of you being a sikh is dirty it's not a way to think your culture is gross like there'd be a massive or if i did that to a buddhist or if i did that to a muslim or if i did that to a hindu if i did it and in truth this kind of shit it's not unusual. It's happened no. all over the world throughout time immemorial. And it's it's like, it, but the fact that we have access to media that is now going to like, you know, put this all out there for those who are ready to see the reality, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not unusual. And, and that's I, why you know, for myself back in the nineties and in the two thousands, when I was, like touring rape camps sex camps i'm just like i was like i was fucking i was fucked up i'm like oh my god wow it's it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking that humans well I, i i don't even think they're humans they're not obviously they're not humans they're lower vibrational entities that are in human bodies for a lack of a better again, way to describe it yeah you know and it goes back to that whole like naughty like we referenced it to like sex before but it's like i think it's just in general like why is there a substantial amount of human beings that are willing to go so dark you know like yeah. and it seems like you know it just what was really dark 25 years ago is so mainstream today it like it's just and yeah, it's just making de- like that sensitized and so and when you're desensitized 
in order for things to be more intense, it's got to escalate. It's got to be over the fucking top. And uh, so I'm on all these different uh, forums that track sex trafficking and arrests and that kind of stuff. And I just am like, I had to unfollow a bunch of shit and just get myself out of the fray. And I, you know, I'm choosing to do things differently for myself where I'm not involving myself so much in that, which is why my whole, the whole direction of my work is now focused upon exiting the matrix and reality creation because I've had enough. I've been in that world since the fucking mid late eighties. I don't want to do it anymore. So I passed the baton over to new practitioners, young folks who have the energy and the wherewithal and the passion to do it. I'm just, I don't want to do it the rest of my life. You know, I'm going to be 62 this year. You know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it anymore. It's a, it's a lot, right? You know, and there's going to be like a it's part a of that lot. where like, yeah, like, you know, just holding on to it. Off. It pisses me off. And I have to be very, very careful because there is a way where, and I, I get warning shots, you know, it's like the universe gives me a warning shot across the bow. And it's like, bitch, you better wake up. Yeah. And, and if I get sucked in to a drama shit show in that realm, it, it, it takes its toll. And it is very, very difficult for me to pull myself out of it because, you know, what happens is you get caught up in the mind control uh, in reality transurfing. It's called the pendulum of that situation. And by your attention to it and your ain't it awful, you're feeding that. So I don't want to participate in that. So I have to be very, very conscious in utilizing like the moment I get triggered about the shit I don't like. I got to wake myself up and I got to pull my attention away from that and uh, activate my superpower of focus and focus in on something else. And and I think that is important. You have to learn how to fucking do that so you can waltz in and out of this matrix shit show without feeding it, without pushing up against it. Because all that stuff, all these, the pedos, the evil, all of that, the Satanists, they have every right to be here just like I do. Mm-hmm. See, and like when you say that, like I, I was at a point in time in my life, like this was uh, quite a number of years ago, or it's probably started about 12, 13 years ago and fundamentally started to stop at a full halt about four or five. But there was a substantial time period there where it was run, where like I would get so involved in other people's shit emotionally that when they'd be like, oh, I feel so much better. And I'm like, I do. Yeah, yeah. And I felt you fucking just got great it. before. You just, you just absorbed it. You know? Yeah, and so when you, when you said it like that, like that pendulum, it's like, you just passed me the baton of your bullshit, and now I'm running yeah. with it. Yeah. And now I have to hold that on top of, like, this shit I have to deal with in my yeah. own life. But it's yeah. like, and that's so- how mob rule goes. So, you know, the, the totalitarian shit shows of left-right center paradigms, it's like, I can't even go there. I just... And people get so absorbed to masks, not to masks, you know, the jab, not to jab. It's like, I don't want to hear it. Make your fucking choice. 
create your own reality. Nobody else can create your own reality. So fuck off, you know, stop, stop with the debating. I can't stand it, you know, and I just, I, you know, I don't get involved. Yep. And, and it's so funny because uh, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning and towards the end of last year, at the beginning of the year, I got invited to all these different uh, podcasts and Zoom and people like these hosts and hostesses requesting that I wear a fucking mask on a Zoom call. Like, what? Yeah. I yeah, it's so weird. It. It's like, um, no, I'm not wearing a mask. There, there are no pictures of me with a fucking zombie mask on. Not gonna well, do and it. Like, and those are the same people that I see walking down the street by themselves with a mask on. I've seen fucking people riding on a motorbike with a full face shield helmet <laughs> with a mask on. People driving in convertibles oh. alone oh, with a mask on, in a car with the windows rolled down by themselves with the mask on. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you really doing right now? You know, it is like, you are not even doing it for the right reasons. And not even that, like, I'm, I'm on this side of like, the masks are just this visual representation and virtual signaling. They're so fucking useless and pointless. Like some guy hit my car yesterday and he wrote, I'm sorry I hit your car, but you parked like an asshole on the inside of a fucking used mask and put it on my window. <laughs> and I was like, I love no, that. I'm like, so fucking, I'm like, this is so crazy. I'm just like, you could do more of a cultural faux pas right now than something wow. like that. It Holy was so moly. awesome. I couldn't help it. Just, it was, when I looked at it, I'm like, what's that on my windshield wiper? And then I like looked at it and then he put it up so you could read it without having to like touch it. But I was just like, wow. I'm just like, like so many people get so like I just found it hilarious. Like the whole everything about it was just so funny to me. But like I could just see in my mind somebody with masks and gloves and like these tongs and you know like this bag and they're just like one of these trying to get it in the bag. Like I could just see the yeah. whole thing yeah. in my mind how somebody would treat that situation. Have you seen the split masks that allow oh, yeah. you to eat and yeah. and drink your beverages in a fucking restaurant? It's like dude stay home please like but even the ones that are like that kind of quarter face shield thing where it's like it's all open up top and there's just like this little band <laughs> kind of around you but it's like what is that doing i don't know if i, if I, I, I don't to, know i know it's, it's just a fashion like, statement you know it's like wow okay the one thing i wanted to bring this back to you said right at the very beginning of having an understanding of like cult rituals and shit like 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 what is that i did so the reason why i ask and is because my cousin when i don't even know if i was born yet or if i was i was really young uh, my cousin committed suicide he hung himself because um he was a part of a satanic cult um and like i've never heard of it before well i didn't say before that but like it's the only reference i have to things like that being real and i was either so young or before i was born that it actually doesn't even seem real to me yeah but like yeah. Is there? It's, is pretty, that like a, it's pretty real. I mean, like, the world is run by a bunch of Satanists. The leader of the satanic cabal that runs the world. I, and when I say the world, I, I'm talking about all governments and all, you know, just the, the shit show that mandates who and what people should be. 
and, and, and mostly slaves for them. Um, but it, it is, it's very real. And I know when I began immersing myself in this, in that reality, and it, it became more sort of in the forefront that, wow, this shit is real. I mean, I had Satanists that lived down the street from my childhood home. And, you know, there was a rumor about it. I wanted to fucking go there. You know, I wanted to ask them questions. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Like, really, really, really? And then further just reading history because this is nothing new. I mean, the blood ritual sacrifices, nothing new. It's been happening. I mean, look historically at any... uh, any of the elites who are in charge, there's all kinds of blood ritual shit that they do. All mm-hmm. kinds. It, so it's not unusual. And the suicide programs are all part of, of the programming and the mind control is that, you know, a lot of these people, they get away with it right out in the open because of the sort of... uh uh, understanding of secrecy, secret societies, all that kind of crap. And these rabbit holes are pretty, they're pretty horrific to go What's down. Some of the mo- what is some of the most crazy shit you've seen or come across? So um, one of the, one of the first uh, cases that I came across was, and it was my very first sort of interface with someone asking me for help. And uh, one of the first things that, that we did is that she had a safety deposit box and she was afraid. Her, it, it was like her grandfather passed away and left her the stuff and she had to go to the bank and she didn't want to do it. And so the woman that called, anyways, we all go together. And in this are movie reels. And Polaroids from like the 60s and 70s of some really fucked up shit. And she had no memory of of any of this other than, here she is, she's a little kid. Oh, she was in it? Oh, yeah, she was in it. She was in it. What? Yeah, yeah. That's super dark. That was kind of like my, my, my first thing. And then, of course... It ties into movies that I had seen. Rosemary's Baby. Okay. The Exorcist. And you think like that Exorcist when it came out, that that movie it's was based so on gross. It's a true story. It's based but, on a true story. Yeah. And like when it came out though, but it was so like people were throwing up in movie theaters, running out crying. That's again, it goes to show you how desensitized we are today. It was, it was, I watched that movie. I I played hooky from school, you know, we ditched school to watch this. We uh, um, ended up taking, uh, taking Bart over the ferry or whatever. I can't remember exactly how it was. And it was raining and there was, uh, we were on a cable car. There was an accident with the cable car trying to get, to the theater it was at the North Point Theater uh, in San Francisco. I mean, it was just like uh, it was a freak show. It was a freak show because the power of uh, and, and all the drama associated with the movie, you know, the power of that, whether it's the power of suggestion 
or, you know, this sort of collectivism, uh, dark energy, because what it did is it tapped into our collective instinctual centers about the things that go bump in the night. And of course, you know, you're dealing with religion, you're dealing with demons, you're dealing with all kinds of really, really dark stuff that we as humans either, we mostly avoid it. So it just sits there and, and, and pushes buttons. And yet there's the juxtaposition of the soundtrack of Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells. And, and if you ever see uh, the documentary about his life and about that whole, his writing music, etc. I mean, it, it just kind of blows you away because there's the exorcist and then there's his story and how they come together. You're like, what, what, what is this crazy thing? But this is part of the totality of human experience is that we have this really dark, fucked up shit. And then there's this beauty, this immense beauty and goodness that warms the heart that, that is all about the heart-based new humanity, you know, and it's just, it's just this wide array of experience and labeling it anything you want, which is what we do. We can't help it. Why do you think like the, like the more like evil side or the dark side of life or just the unmoral, unethical side of life, why does that continually prevail? Like it, it, it just seems like it does. Like it seems like it's yeah. just always on this highlight reel of like, there's just some other, you know, like, um, you know, abuse of power. There's another way of like wiping out another civilization. Yeah, there's yeah, another, another yeah. way of these rituals. There's another way to be able to control people. You know, like there's another, you know, like ideology that people have to follow that makes, you know, outsiders wrong. You know, like, well, I think it's by design. I think it's by design. And what it does is that it breeds hopelessness. It breeds more enslavement because people don't know any better. And they will fall into it and feed into it by their own fear or by their own pushing up against it and smacking up against it and wanting to fight for the right to be sovereign and all this fucking shit. It's like, you know what? Just fucking back off. Know it's all there. Create your own reality. That's what you have to do. You cannot bump up against the shit you don't like. I've done it. I've gotten my shit rack doing it. You know, I'm not going to do it anymore, you know? And, uh, and, and, and it's funny because you think you're doing it consciously by, you know, shedding the light on all this stuff. And you realize sooner or later, wow, I just fed that even more. I fed even more. Yeah. Why do you think that, or has it always been, Actually, no, I can't even honestly say that I think that um, people never were such sheep, such followers before. And if human beings were designed to be like that and evolution, you know, brought it around that like people are just followers, we would have died as a, a species a long time ago because like we would have never have been able to survive if there were so many blind followers that just blind trust and faith that things are going to be better one day or I put all my blind trust and faith into this this organization like we had to have accountability like you had to have immediate accountability for yourself 
If you are hungry, you have to go find something to eat. If you were cold, you needed to make clothes. If you needed need a place to stay that was warm, you had to build a shelter. But like, that's not life these days. Like we are so soft as people. And it, it like we are creating a species that is not designed to survive outside of like crutches and wheelchairs and systems yeah. and operations. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why do we so willingly and easily give up to that? You know, versus why, people, why does it- I, people are lazy. People are lazy. They don't want to take responsibility. You know, it, I mean, when you think about when you think about people's addiction to gooberment, right? Mommy and daddy taking care of me. It's another version of it, you know, and they would rather like talking to um, and I want to be very, very careful because I the welfare system in, in America is is designed such that they want to keep you there. And, you know, when they they make these uh, these stipulations that uh, don't have a man living with you, all these children are worth blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's an incentive. It's an incentive to keep doing the same stupid fucking shit. Not have children that you can't afford to have so they can be on the dole. I mean, it's a, it's like mind boggling, but people would rather do that. Then to fucking bust the move and learn how to create their own reality. And that's what it is. It's just, it's lazy. It's mind control. It's just, but how do we do it so quick? Like it really is just when you look at it, maybe two generations, you know, between, you know, like people in their maybe 60s and 70s and below. Like you're talking Mm -hmm. like just all that. Cause you know, like people like 70, 80 and above, like they still have this, like this entrenched idea. Like we need to get shit done. Like, this is my life. Like I need to forge this ground. Like I'm only going to have what I have because I've built this. Yeah. But you know, like it just how in 60 or 70 years when we've been around on this planet for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever you want to believe our preceding data is, how the fuck did we pull that? Like, is it on one side of it? amazing like it's just like wow look at like how much we changed but it's like on the other side it's like oh but that wasn't really for the good like we could have went the other way we could have like went to be more productive more enlightened you yeah. know more in tune with each other more connected with one well, this is what i've seen this opposite. is what i've seen you know growing up in the 60s and 70s i never bought into the whole affirmative action give me a head start blah 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 because because I'm a brown skin Eurasian blah blah. Never. We've weaponized woundology. We've weaponized being a victim. And if you're a victim, you get reparations. You get to blame all white people. You get to have this and that because you're so fucking oppressed. It's like ah, ah. It, it, it's it's frightening. It's really and people fucking buy into it. They buy into that whole thing. You know, I last year, I think we talked about this last year, where I was in one of those box stores. Some dude got his, on his hands and knees with yeah, a exactly. mask on, apologizing to me. Like, dude, I don't even know you. Get up. Like, yeah. white people have never done anything bad to me. Okay? I've not had that experience. I hate to tell you. You know, and I've been here for decades. It's not happened to me. 
-hmm. And, and, you know, just what? (laughs) Like this disbelief and so many people buy into it. We're victims. Oh God. Well, and you see that now where it's like, you know, even with like kids feeling like they're just like, oh, I need to wear masks during all this when it's like the one thing we know is like this doesn't affect the kids at all. But it's like how we just, we train people to buy into shit that doesn't even affect them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even like- that's programming. That's poop culture programming. And they buy into it and they get rewarded. They They get treats. For, for doing that you know um, and it's like you know like why do people like want brownie points for like taking on other people's shit is it's like that's what like it keeps that hamster wheel running yeah, of like now really, i'm gonna really be does. the one virtue signaling and be like yeah. no i'm going to be your voice and it's like well no but like sometimes well actually i'm not gonna say sometimes there gets to always be a point where we kind of just need to let sleeping dogs lie you know, like, yeah, step away from the move vehicle, on. move along. Yeah. You know, move but like, wait, why do we say that that's okay in some environments, not in others? Like, well, they always say in a relationship, well, you can't harbor shit in a relationship or your relationship's going to go bad. You know, you can't get caught up in the pity things. Like, but that's what we're doing in life. But we expect life to yeah, be successful. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and then the entitlement too. Uh, you know, the equality of opportunity equals the equality of outcome. Bullshit fuck off. You know, I just don't, I just don't buy into that. I don't believe in, you know, rewarding people for being lame. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work for me. Good job. Good job being lame. Yeah. And see, and like, this is, this is my two cents with that exact concept is that there's a lot, there's not a lot, sorry, in contrast, there's people, men or women, just call it, there's humans that have gone from that demographic and become a major fucking success in every category imaginable, like whether it be sports or business or education, philosophy, like, like anything you want. So when you say things like that, it takes away from the accomplishment of every single one of those people. It was like, today is enough. Today is when I stand. Today is that I'm going to change my life. And from that day forward, they did it. It takes everything away from them you know before they do it and every time and sorry to to be so bad about this every time a woman yeah. says oh you know like i can't get eggs i'm a woman or like this and that it's like you take away everything from all the women who are fucking killing it yeah but like how do you I'm killing it that? i've been killing it for years you know it's like i just i don't get it i just i don't understand but like that's to me though it's like like how does the means justify the ends it's like well I'm going to say, well, because, you know, like I grew up in like this demographic, this area, it's like, yes, sure, the cards might be fundamentally stacked against you. But like, you also see that there's a formula for it because other people have done it. And it's like, and I know that a lot of people criticize this contrast, but you're going to say like, you have people who are born into poverty who don't have the opportunity that people who are born, you know, into a privileged lifestyle has. The one thing a privileged lifestyle is, is makes you a lazy piece of shit. So it's like, there's equal, there's, there's factors that are affecting both people, but we only want to validate the people who are in the demographic of, you know, like of poverty, which is valid. It's great. The only thing is when you're looking at simply, if you look at it as a business transaction, just the black and white, there's these two people are starting off from a different deficit 
or they're working themselves into a different rabbit hole, but it's still a fucking deficit and it's still a rabbit hole. It's like, there's that piece in the middle where it's like, it's kind of like the sweet spot where it's like, you don't really have too much and you're not really getting a gift to you. So you learn how to be able to appreciate it, but you don't have to start 10 steps behind, mm-hmm. you know, but like, even like for you, you know, like being a part of like sexual and physical abuse, you know, from a child. Yeah. Like there's, what about all the people who use that as an excuse of why they never became yeah. anything yeah. versus yeah. somebody like you who's been, has led a successful life. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and my credo, my credo, and and I remember, I remember hearing, I don't even remember where I heard it, but I would say to myself, I'm not going down. And if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I was feisty. I was feisty. And I, I think a lot of it was just me just getting really, really sick and tired of people's shit. And I had and having the relationship that I had with nature because nature was my refuge. Uh, I, I think that was like really, really helpful. So I escaped into nature and into the the fairies and the devas. You know, you think I was a fairy, you know, and maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was helpful. It was helpful to have this break from this literal shit show war zone that I was in constantly and you know not believing a word and uh, so there was a poignant moment I have to share this because I, I really think looking back this was a moment in my life where it's like oh listen to her this is what she does she's just a fucking liar and so this is my mother recounting something that happened and calling all of her girlfriends. And as she talked to the next girlfriend and the next and the next and the next, like witnessing that the story was getting more and more inflated. She was just making up shit. At, at, you know, it's like, wow, how do we get there? Well, this is how we got there, you know, and, and I was young. I probably was like six or seven and thinking, can't believe anything she says. So she tells me I'm a piece of shit. I'm not going to believe her, you know, or she tells me whatever, that it's my fault. I'm not going to believe her. And so I was lucky in that sense because I connected the dots, you know, it's like, oh, okay so this is what's going on a little bit of intuition yeah yeah paying attention and uh abiding by nature and and feeling feeling nourished by nature by the sun and and just you know really enjoying being in my being in my body and feeling the sun on me you know these were like precious precious moments that really i think connected me to my true nature what do you, what do you find is like the value? Like if you remember back then, you know, you're connected with nature and if you still have the, the equivalent or stronger now, like, like, what do you, what do it. you get? Yeah. Like, what do you get from nature? Cause like, I always like, I'm a huge proponent of like being like outside, being in nature, being in the mountains, like, getting yeah, kind of yeah. away, unplugging from everything. 
because yeah. I've seen it repeatedly change people all the time. Yeah. And just like, I'm right just, with you. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's something so uncanny about it because you're just yeah. like, I, I know how it feels to change yeah. me. I know that feeling you're feeling right yeah. now, Yeah. but nothing's like visually things have changed, but we didn't do anything different. So how's there been this substantial to change? But everybody's like that. It, like, there's not a person that I've taken into the backcountry, into nature, and spent some time where they're not just like, that was the best thing. I feel so much better. You know, like, awesome. I have to go back. Awesome. I need to go awesome. back. Like, we awesome. are so biologically connected with being out in nature, but it does something to us. Yeah. I think it does something yeah. so it, much more than we understand. It's really the divine in the flesh in all forms. Yeah. And when you're in it, and where I live, I, I am. I'm at 7,000 feet elevation. I'm in the mountains. You know, I'm out every single fucking day. It's just part of it. It's just Mm -hmm. part of it. And, you know, sure. You know, I'm doing my walk at like 630 in the morning. And I'm, I'm, there are some people who are driving by will see me without a mask and they'll get out of their fucking truck and start screaming at me with their fucking mask on. (laughs) And I'll just laugh. I'll just laugh because it's like, Oh, praise God. Look at this contrast here, you know, and what it, what it does is that it gives me a a deeper appreciation for the environment that I am in. And so I have this fantastic relationship in my environment with nature. I've got coyote packs of coyotes that are like, you know, they regard me. They, they know me, they know my smell and they, I, alone in the arroyos and nobody fucks with me. Nothing fucks with me. There's a deep regard because they know that I'm paying attention. They know that I'm connected to the fabric of the totality of this, this uh, experience and this immersion into their territory. It is their territory. And I'm claiming to be part of it. And it's just, I, I love it. I love it so much. And I love the desert. I love the high desert mountains. It mm-hmm. is my thing. You know, and for some people, they like being on the Florida coast, hearing those waves crash and 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 being at the mercy of like, you know, hur- hurricanes and that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> I live on the, yeah. I live on the coast, but I'm not, I've never been an ocean person at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've just always like in the mountains, you know, like, you know, maybe like in a little lake, like I just, I don't view the ocean to be the same as the mountains. There's, there's something about being in the mountains in that kind of nature like that, that just, yeah. whether it be deserty, whether, you know, super dry, whether it be lush and rainforest, like there's just something about being in that environment because like I, about maybe about two years ago I was sitting on the the summit of a mountain I was looking out I'm like the beautiful part about mountains are is they're actually the representation of the most ugly violent destructive force that really has ever known this planet but given enough time it is so refined and peaceful and beautiful and relaxing yeah it's like I was like wow like it just goes to show you like everything in biological life, including us, are going to go through this fucking turmoil, yeah. you know, but like, yeah. if we just have the grit to be able to see it through, and when yeah. that pendulum comes back around, yeah. then yeah. there'll be people who want what you have, 
Yeah. Because they just, yeah. you know, maybe that's a bad way to say it, but I was saying like, we will climb mountains now to appreciate the view, which yeah. like, if, could you imagine if like mountains were formed in like, like a month and you've seen the violence of it, the destroy, like, yes. like you'd be I, that was the other thing that I wanted to bring up too, is that what, what I love about nature is nature is like the objective truth. It doesn't give two shits about you personally and about how you feel I and uh, I've been you know as a nature nature girl I've been in the middle of say like the uh, Appalachian Trail in the middle of a fucking hell hellacious downpour where I've been wet for days wet cold and I'm like you know what this fucking sucks it sucks so much. There's nothing beautiful, beautiful about this. I'm scared shitless. I don't like the people that I partnered with who are along this walk, this hike with me. This totally sucks. So I've had those experiences. I've also had experiences where I've been fucking lost and I have very little water and I'm just like, I could die here, you know, and nature doesn't care. Or you're watching the wild animals tear each other up and they don't care. They I don't say care. that you could be yeah. next. You know? Yeah. I say that to people all the time. The one thing that I love about going into the backcountry is just the feeling of being insignificant. Cause I think when I come back out, it's just like, I understand my place in my own world a yeah. lot better when I have like that great start contrast of feeling insignificant because you know, like, like I've almost died in the backcountry lots of times, you know, like I've been, you know, chased by grizzly bears. I've, I've oh, been in a cave yeah. where I've had hypothermia and I I've literally filmed a video about why I was going to die and how I was about to die when I was like freezing from hypothermia. Like, wow, like you know, wow. I've yeah, been intense. Yeah. I, like yeah, I got quite a few stories like that, but I'm just like, it just always makes you realize that it's just like anything in the backcountry can happen in a split second. And like I said, you literally just die there. There's no, yeah. the, the yeah. only stuff that actually cares about you in that environment is the stuff that's going to slowly start to decompose you. So yeah. you're just like, fucking <laughs> great. This is some food. That's it. And they're just happy that you're yeah. there now and you just become like this part of life. And it's like, yeah. it's like, we aren't bigger than we are. And yeah. I think it like, it really gives you like that great understanding. It gives me that great understanding of being like, this is why we need people. Like, this is why we need good, close, interpersonal connections in our lives. Because yeah. when we step outside of like this visual representation of shit that we're all caught up in, nothing gives a fuck. Yeah. If you're in the ocean, you're going to drown. Yeah, exactly. You're in the mountain. The ocean is very harsh. Yeah. You know, and there's like all these like representations that is just being like, we only have this false sense of security because we happen to have these big urban centers now. Right. You know, but like, I'm that, like, I'm always astonished when I'm standing on a mountain. I'm like, fucking people, like, when they were the first people to climb these things, needing to get way over, like, way over like, there. How are you going to yeah, do it? Yeah, like 50 miles over there, like, like another 20 of these mountains. Could you imagine how daunting it would have been to climb yeah. one mountain no, and look no. and you're like, it, it's what? Very, very daunting. Extremely then, daunting. Yeah, but you think like you stack today's people in that scenario where you had to walk like 50 miles over maybe 10 different mountains or, you know, rigid, just like 
come across the most hellacious shit along the way and yeah. try to find food, try to find water, not yeah. get eaten and become food. It's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you take that caliber of human being like 150 years ago, which isn't that long ago. No, it's and not. And you stack them to the weak ass bitches that are in today's world. It's yeah. like, fuck, you want to thin out a population fast. If we ever had to go back to anything that looked half of that, yeah, like there would be like a mass extinction of like human no, beings. No, it's very planet. true. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I endeavor to keep fit and keep healthy. Like I, I'm just like, I, I'm a mean calorie burning machine, you know, just in terms of, you know, I don't lead a sedentary life. And, uh, you know, so God, yeah. when, and, and it's so funny because last year it's the zombie apocalypse didn't happen. <laughs> I was hoping for the zombie apocalypse to be quite honest. It's like, let's See, do it. And, and this is the, the thing with that is, it is it's really it gives me a window to see like what people like when you can convince rational healthy young adults that they have to fear something that if they simply just subjectively and objectively looked at the numbers they'd be like you're so full of shit but like that's how easy it happened it was just like it was like wow because i'm the same way as you i'm like i want to wake up every day a fucking warrior so that i can be a warrior tomorrow yeah. I don't want to have to be like, there's, I'll never forget the analogy that I'd rather be um, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Because they're like, if anything ever comes where I need to defend myself, it's like this COVID shit. It's like, once I understood the facts of it is like looking at it and researching, it, I'm just like, I don't have to fucking fear this like at all. I'm just like, you know, fat, obese people with diabetes and heart disease and elderly people. It's like, like, yeah, they should. But I spend every day of my life not being one of those fucking people. Like, yes, I'll be old one day, a hundred percent. You yeah. know, but like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna redefine like what 70 and 80 looks like. The yeah. same way exactly. you're redefining what exactly. 60 looks like. Because like in my mind, when I was like 10 or maybe like 15, when I thought of somebody when they were 60, was not you. And it's not the other people that I know that are in their 50s and 60s now. Like some of the people I know are in the best shape. Are yeah. people in their fifties and sixties? Yeah. I'm like, you're a fucking warrior. I, I like, am in the best shape than ever, and I was always in really great shape, you know. And I can own that. I can fucking own it, you know. And people, like, yeah, it looks not easy. Bullshit. It, it's not all that easy. I work at it, you know. I I say the same thing to people. And it's like I get up at four thirty every motherfucking. I know. Morning. I I watch every your feed. Morning. I watch your fucking Instagram feed. I'm just like going. This is a stud, man. It's like holy crap, you know. And I'm just like, you know, I feel kind of naughty because it's kind of like voyeuristic. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's see what Blake's up to, you know. And and it, I love the water thing. I love that oh, yeah. ice water thing. You know, I was visiting family in Finland, and um, it's so funny. I knew, I knew she was, I knew she was up to something. And and I don't know if I told you the story, but no. Where we're like walking and it's it's snow, it's the winter it's snowing blah 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 and I'm in my full garb and I know she so here she is you know little Nana she's like she's up to shit what does she do she fucking pushes me she <laughs> pushes me in the giant pond 
with all my clothes and it's fucking laughing her ass off you know and i'm like going okay yeah i see it. but i got into it you know it's like wow there's just something about this and you know where you just really you get into that it, it, it's a territory of the mind it, it's it's Heart, mind, body, soul coordination. That's the territory that you're in. And you do. You control your breathing. And it works. Fucking works. And it's like enjoyable. And then, of course, we're into saunas. So, you know, and then the sauna happens. You know, it's it's great. And this to me is the same thing too about like redefining what we've always been indoctrinated to believe. Like when I was growing through like my entire life about how you get hypothermia and how easy it is to get hypothermia. It's like, yes, because again, we're a bunch of soft fucking bitches. That's why we can get hypothermia so easy. But I sit in water that's minus three or minus 3.5 for like eight or 10 minutes every day, or I would call it four or five days a week. And like when I get out, I'm not even cold anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like, you know, I, I check all my stats. Like I'm third. Like I know what my heart rate is at when I'm in there. Like I know whether I'm like relaxed. I know how like my skin feels. It's like, it's like, no, like we have this incredible opportunity to be resilient. Yeah. And like, we yeah, are no, just, we like, know. We totally we're just, know. we're letting like our, our, like the sword of our life gets so dull and rusty, yeah. but like that shit could just be like a samurai. Like everybody has an yeah. opportunity to be like a samurai sword but we want to be this rusty nail. Then that's why I give it 4.30 every morning. I'm like, fuck that. Because like, yeah. when the, when no, the day I, comes- I'm an early riser as well. You know, I, I mean, I, I was up at four this morning. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a problem with it, mm-hmm. you know? Because Absolutely. I mean, people, you get up at nine, fuck, the day's over. What? <laughs> 100%. so much stuff done. I mean, just a lot of my self-care stuff happens in the morning. Um, And, and when I'm with my, when I'm with my partner, I mean, he's, he's fit. He's, he's retired. He's got all his, he's got the gym. He's got pickleball. He's got um, uh, uh, racquetball, just all this activity and loves to be outside, you know, so we're, we're a good match in that respect. Awesome. That's so cool. Why don't we, uh, why don't we wrap this up by you okay. telling me what's, what's next for you? Like what, what's, what's ne- going what's on? Yeah. What's, for me? <laughs> yeah. Like what's going on for the rest of the year? You have about like what, six months left in this year. We've all had a pretty crazy last like eight yeah, months or so, so, but like what's happening. So for me, I'm like upping my enjoyment quotient and I'm really wanting, I'm intending to finish book two and book three. And just really get all of that wrapped up with a nice, neat bow. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm I'm being really um, intentional with my relaxation about uh, doing stuff. Um, what's I'm what I'm finding important is really focusing in, in on my content for my YouTube channel for Love, Truth, and Beauty. And uh, so I'm focusing in on that mostly. And it's enjoyable. Like, I thought I would just be totally lame and, oh, I can't do it. Because when you commit to two videos a week, 
it yeah. might not seem a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's really a lot because I, I'm, and I'm not like, I thought I was going to learn uh, editing programs and shit. Fuck it. No, yeah. I've got, I got, I have a new iPhone now, so I'm still doing the same thing. Yep. I hit record. I film it. I upload it to the YouTube. I do all my writing. I don't care about the fucking lighting. You don't like the bag under my eye. You know what? Get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Good. And if you do write book two and three, I hope that there's a copy of each for me in there because of, I, of course. Yeah. Course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I'll wrap it up and we'll, uh, and hopefully we can chat again soon. Right. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure, Blake. Have a wonderful day. Okay. You too. All right. Bye.